You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. You're listening to MLB.com Extras, brought to you by MLB.tv. It's baseball everywhere. It is Thursday, October 26th, and we're talking to Brewers baseball today with our good friend, Adam McKelvey, our Brewers reporter for MLB.com. Adam, uh, not an uneventful day uh, for the Brew crew, a couple of signings and extensions, uh, which we're going to get to in a little bit. But first, uh, I kind of want to start on game two of the World Series, because uh, as we speak today on this Thursday, it's the travel day. Uh, game three, not till tomorrow night, Friday in Houston with the series tied at one win apiece. Uh, thanks to Houston's uh, rather wacky 7-6, 11-inning win. I want to get your take on game two, though, because uh, a lot of the buzz that I'm hearing, you know, this morning and all throughout the day was that game two was this this great, epic, all-time game in the World Series, and it's an instant classic, and I don't really feel that way about the game. I, I feel that it was fun and very entertaining. I think that's, you know, you can't dispute that. But the people putting it as like an all-time classic uh, in the World Series, I don't quite see that because in my mind, it took on a home run derby kind of feel. And while home runs are great and we all dig the long ball, I need something a little bit more to put it in that category of a truly great game. What's What's your take on this? Well, my take is that you're a crazy person, and that was clearly one of the greatest uh, World Series games of all time. I should have seen that coming. Um, Look, it is is perfect for 2017 to me because this is baseball. This is what baseball is at this point in time. Um, A lot of games are home run derby. And, you know, I cover a team, the Brewers, that was way up there in percentage of runs scored by home run, Um, and a manager, Craig Council, who makes no apologies for that. He says, you know, I'll take runs scored uh, any way we can get them. And the way the game is right now, the way these players are, um, you know, maximizing launch angle and exit velocity and all that new data that's available, that's what we're getting. I have a feeling it's going to change at some point again. and The game will, um, you know, morph and swing towards something else. That's what it does. But this is a home run era. And to me, that game just sort of fit perfectly into the story of 2017. And that's why I think beyond being just really entertaining and the late lead changes and never mind that some of it was against Kenley Jansen, one of the best closers ever, you know, I I think it was, to me, epic because it it also fit into the bigger picture story of baseball right now. Yeah, it's a good point. I mean, that's what baseball has become in in 2017. I guess I was surprised uh, to see, you know, how that game unfolded because I just – I didn't expect, you know, a a carryover, I suppose, from the way the regular season unfolded in ways, like you said, that was so home run heavy and to see it on the biggest stage in the World Series with two teams that obviously have tremendous pitching staffs in uh, the Astros and the Dodgers. So I guess from a surprise element, did that did it catch you off guard that we saw that kind of a game or considering what we've seen all year? Like you said, it it certainly fit the narrative, but again, to to see it on this kind of a stage, did that catch you off guard? Well, you know, I, I don't I don't know. Um, each game is so different, and, and I'll the other thing that I liked about the game last night was a huge run scored on a two out base hit. Yeah. So because baseball is a game of such great individual moments, 
you know, you can look at the the big picture of the game as, yeah, it was sort of home run derby. But it also gave you that one moment of sort of small ball. Um, and that's, I think, one of the things that I love about baseball, the way the game unfolds in this sort of slow, moment-by-moment, batter-by-batter way, it gives you different stories throughout the night. And if you're a person who likes the long ball, you certainly had that. If you're a person who likes the drama of small ball, you, you had a taste of that as well. Um, that's, I think, one of the unique things about baseball compared to the other sports, which flow in a different way. Um, where, you know, I think in baseball there can be a little something for everybody in, in, within the same game. Yeah, and we, we definitely had that last night in the play you're referencing, uh, Kike Hernandez's uh, game-tying single in the 10th inning, which was amazingly the Dodgers' first hit of the game, which was not a home run, and it took yeah. 10 innings. I mean, that's <laughs> that's crazy. As of the ninth inning, they were about to win a game with two hits until, uh, you know, Marlon Gonzalez got to Kenley Jansen to tie it at three and send it to uh, extra innings. And my, my favorite stat, which is a microcosm, of what baseball's become is this one from the Dodgers uh, through the first two games. L.A. has 11 hits in the first two games, six home runs and five singles, which I just I, – that that blows my mind. But it shouldn't because for all the reasons you touched on, this is what baseball has become where it's uh, it's a, a kind of a Joey Gallo stat line to steal a line from uh, <laughs> from our colleague Mark Bowman. He said that's, you know, that's what it's become. Uh, it's Teams are turning into Joey Gallo for nine innings and where they – hit more home runs than singles, but we'll see uh, if game two was uh, a trend, the beginning of a trend or an aberration for the fall classic. Uh, it'll be a very interesting game three on Friday night in Houston. And uh, Adam getting to the matters at hand with the Brewers uh, on this Thursday, uh, a lot going on. We spoke last week about uh, Chase Anderson, how he was one of the top performers uh, along with Zach Davies on this uh, rejuvenated pitching staff in 2017. And, as a result, uh, Chase is a little bit fatter in the wallets. Uh, talk about what went on with him today. Yeah, he got a two-year deal with uh, a couple of club options past that. So it guarantees him better than $11 million. It could pay him more than $30 million if he pitches all four years with the Brewers and hits some incentives uh, for innings pitch. If he can get to 200 innings, he can make 400000 uh, on top of his salary per year. So the Brewers get an opportunity to buy out one year of free agency. Again, if they exercise both of those options at the end, that's typically what a team will look for in a deal like this with an arbitration-eligible guy. Um, They'll want a little chunk of that free agency pie. Uh, For the player, it's getting a little bit of security. And these deals are always really interesting to me because every player is a little bit different. Um, Some guys – really want that security. Chase Anderson made clear that he always thought to himself if he could you know, perform well enough to get to the point where a team was willing to offer him a multi-year deal, he was going to take it. That's the way he looked at it. Other players, and with their families and their agents, they make this decision to go year to year. You gamble a little bit on yourself, and you can maximize your earnings often by going year to year in arbitration. And look, there are good and bad outcomes both ways. Um, the, the Chase Anderson is hoping this is a good outcome for him. He can maybe leave a little money on the table, but he's still going to do just fine for him and his family and, and get some security. And as he said, focus on baseball and trying to win a World Series. Then there are cases like Jonathan Lucroy, who signed a similar blow market deal very early in his career. He wanted the security for his family, um, and he regretted it after that um, and became, you know, really ever since then, kind of a below market player. Now he's hitting 
Uh, he's getting to the stage where he's getting into free agency, and he's not performing as well as he has in the past, and, and maybe it's hurting him. So it's, it's, um, it's a very interesting side of the game, I think, on top of how hard it is to perform in this game. There are also these really difficult decisions that you face as a major league player. Uh, but for Chase Anderson and the Brewers, it felt like it was uh, the right time to sort of connect to each other for a bit longer, and, and he'll be a huge part of this Brewers rotation next year, especially with Jimmy Nelson out for the start of the season as he comes back from shoulder injury. Yeah, lots going to be expected of uh, Chase uh, heading into 2018. And like you said, there was always risk on both sides. But I think in this case, it's calculated risk for both the team and the player and a risk uh, worth taking. And so uh, Chase is uh, in the fold for a few more years and a few more dollars uh, in his wallet, which is never a bad thing. Uh, Adam, as we come down the home stretch, some news, too, on uh, Eric Sogard. Catch us up with that. Yeah, he signed a one-year deal. Um Smaller dollars, uh, $2.4 million guarantee with uh, he can get over three with incentives. A really interesting deal because second base is one of the more uncertain positions for the Brewers going into this winter. Sogard was part of that picture last year, a really productive part for a lot of uh, the early part of the season. Then he had a, turned his ankle uh, coming around third base in early July and really was never the same after that. Um, so he sort of joins that mix again. And look, Jonathan Villar is back if the Brewers opt to tend him a contract. He's an arbitration-eligible guy. David Stearns is looking at the market, see if there's a good second-base option out there. They have a prospect, Mauricio Dubon, who was at AAA uh, this past season, good defensive player. He, he's an option. So they've got a lot of moving parts here at second base, and it was interesting to see the team in Sogard before the free agency period really even opened you know, reconnect and, and, and come back. Eric Sogard said very simply he liked it in Milwaukee. Uh, he, he liked that they were willing to commit to him again, and he likes their chances to do some damage in next year. You know, really next year is what his commitment is. So he thinks they've got a shot in uh, 2018. He, he just said, why go to free agency when I've got a good opportunity right here in front of me? And so he took that. We'll, we'll see now how the second-base picture plays out. This is going to be – kind of one of the positions to watch for Milwaukee for the rest of the winter. Yeah, no question. And, of course, uh, we saw the Brewers take uh, the NL Central by storm leading into the All-Star break at one point, a five-and-a-half game lead. So there's a lot of potential there, and Eric Sogard certainly thinks the Brewers can capitalize on that uh, in 2018 and maybe overtake the Cubs atop the uh, NL Central time, of course, will tell, as the case always is. Adam McCalvey, great stuff as always. We appreciate the time, and we'll do it again at this time next week. In the meantime, Matt Wehmeyer signing off for MLB.com Extras, Milwaukee Brewers. It's blazing hot outside. You get in your car to turn on the AC to get cold air pumping, but it blows hot air out. This issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the AC system. You want an easy, all-in-one solution that will restore the cold air in no time. AC Pro Recharge Kits. Make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero DIY experience in less than 10 minutes. Save time and money versus going to a shop by picking up an AC Pro Recharge Kit today. Be a pro with AC Pro.